0: You are listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Why Not Mint Money Show. In this episode, we are going to talk about ULIPs and how they are being sold like mutual funds. For starters, ULIPs combine two products: insurance and investments. So, when you pay rupees hundred as premium amount. Some of it goes for the insurance part and the balance is invested in a fund after deducting various costs. Although this sounds very enticing, our guest today, Abhishek Kumar, an RIA and founder of Sahaj Money, says otherwise. He lists out various caveats of ULIPs and instead recommends keeping investing and insurance separate. Listen till the end of this episode to understand his rationale.
1: Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey.
0: So Abhishek, there are a lot of posters or specifically advertisements by life insurance Mm. companies which are popping up in social media everywhere. And, you know, they advertise stuff like new fund offering nfo of small cap fund and a flexi cap fund starting at nav of 10 rupees and people uh, generally think this is a mutual fund because terms like nfo nav and small cap fund flexi cap fund are associated with the mutual fund industry right so people when when someone uses that word people assume that is coming from a mutual fund company but surprisingly, we're coming to know that these are not mutual funds, but these are ULIP plans. So, uh, Abhishek just wanted to understand from 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 you. So, let's start with with the first part, which is the similarity part. So, so we we know that they are different. But what what what's the uh, similar thing between ULIP plan and mutual funds? Right. So, just like a mutual
1: fund has a fund manager, right? Uh, uh, ULIP uh, let's say also has a fund manager who manages the fund. So which means essentially is that uh, they pull in money from other investors like you and me and then invest in different uh, investment that they have mandated to invest in. So this in this aspect uh, they are similar to mutual fund which also pulls money uh, in an account and then invest in various assets that or investment that they plan to invest in their scheme document. So this is where the similarity starts. And this is where also the conclusion also uh, starts. Yeah, so let's talk about the interesting part, which
0: is the differences, right? So now, what is the difference if uh, someone invests in a ULIP NFO thinking it's a mutual fund? What are the mm. things that she should be aware about?
1: Right. So I mean, the, you can get a sense from if you look for the uh, definition of ULIP, which actually stands for Unit Link Insurance uh, Plan. So, it, it has an insurance component to it. So, this is where it is, uh, let's say, different than, than a mutual fund, because mutual fund doesn't have a, uh, by default, uh, invest, uh, insurance uh, product linked to it. So, this is where the uh, similarity ends with the mutual fund. And uh, what people can do is, uh, before buying, uh, let's say, these products, they should dwell deeper into uh, what they're being sold. So, just don't go with a term like NFO, uh, look for in the document the policy document that has been circulated to you whether uh, the, this does also has an insurance component attached to it so this is how uh, investors can protect themselves with that regard and so so abhishek uh,
0: assuming somebody bought a ulip thinking it's a mutual it's a normal investment what are some things mm. you know they need to be careful about i heard there is a lock-in period and other caveats so specifically what are the caveats one should know
1: yeah so uh, the good thing is that uh, all with all like other insurance product you get a, i mean there is a free look period so if uh, let's say that period hasn't passed they can uh, let's say say that uh, they want the money back and after deducting some of the charges uh, the premium and entire uh, let's say annual premium will be refunded so the, let's say that is the first good part of it that you can get your money back in case you did it by mistake Second part is, let's say that period is over, uh, then the options become limited. So, uh, as you rightly said, there is a lock-in period, which essentially means that one needs to continue to pay the premium for at least five years. And only after that, only they can uh, surrender that policy or make it a paid up one. So, th- this is the kind of limitation that one has. And how started. long is
0: this lookup up period?
1: So, you said okay. so we can period, withdraw our uh, money. Yeah, look-up period is only for 15 days as per IRDA. And as my understanding goes, so if, let's say, by mistake, uh, you do it and uh, let's say you receive the policy document and find that, oh, by mistake, uh, you bought a ULIP plan, then you can just ask the company to refund it. But there is a timeline attached to that. You have to follow that timeline in which you can surrender this plan. Yes. And then? Yeah. So as I was talking about uh, options, if, let's say, that free look period has already came and went then you need to, uh, let's say, uh, continue paying the premium for at least five years, which is a locking period. And only after that, you can make it a paid-up policy or, a, uh, let's say, a surrender the policy. If you do it before that, there are a lot of associated charges and the, uh, the total money that you'll receive is quite less because there's a lot of initial charges which goes towards agent commission and things like that, which reduces the overall fund value uh, in the initial few periods. So it is a difficult situation to come about. But if you feel that uh, it is getting difficult for you to manage uh, because the premiums are quite high for the kind of insurance cover you are getting, then, I mean, renting the policy in the initial year itself would make sense. So, it is a kind of a sunk cause that you have to live with. Uh, you don't throw your good money after bad, right? So, that kind of decision has to be made by the uh, policyholder.
0: Yeah. So, I was also talking to one insurance advisor and... What he said was that uh, many people think they will be able to pay the premium. Let's say there is a premium amount of one lakh every year. And this has to go on for five years. Otherwise, your ULIP plan will get cancelled and you won't even get the money before five year. Right? But the thing is, anything can happen in life. Right? Um, life is uncertain. You might lose your job and you might lose your house or something and you might feel that there is a better use of the five uh, one lakh amount that you have now, but if you have invested in a mutual fund, you are you have to pay that one lakh. Otherwise, your policy lapses.
1: All right. you On the, the other unit, hand, yeah, unit, yeah unit, uh, you you continue paying the premium, right? That's right. Yeah. I had many instances where, uh, uh, I mean, people who came to us for advice during, especially during the pandemic period, they had loss of job or they had lots lots of uh, let's say temporary loss of pay or reduction of pay and they were they bought those policies well uh, i mean well before they came to us and in that instance they find they found it very difficult to pay for the premium because uh, i mean as it right, rightly said you can't just uh, stop and uh, continue i mean with these policy right because it has an insurance component so if you stop paying the premium uh, after the grace period the insurance coverage stops So, it's a kind of stone around your neck that you have to carry all along. Yes, yes, got it. So,
0: unlike in a mutual fund, if you have invested in a mutual fund through an SIP, uh, you can uh, redeem the investment amount anytime by paying the applicable charges, taxes, and you can also stop your SIP anytime you want, which I think has more flexibility. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, you're right. So, in case of a mutual fund uh, redemption, although it might lead to some... uh, tax implication based on the kind of capital gain uh, you made. Uh, but let's say there is some redemption, even still is comparatively easy until it's a closed-ended fund. Uh, in most of the open-ended fund, there's, redemption is not a problem. So that is one of the advantages of mutual fund. Also, as you also mentioned that about starting and stopping SIP based on your cash flow, that is comparatively easy. Uh, and another uh, point being is that uh, with these uh, ULIPs, uh, the NAV that you see uh, is not what you actually get in terms of total return, right? Because there are lots of uh, costs which are not uh, loaded onto the NAV. So those are deducted from the NAV to pay for those charges, and then only that you, could, you get the actual fund value at the time of maturity. So cost-wise, also uh, you can say that ULIP is a uh, let's say more expensive version even of a uh, let's say regular plan in mutual fund compared to. Uh, direct plan in a mutual fund right so there is a direct plan which has a low fee and there is a regular plan which has a higher fee because there is a distribution cost attached to that ULIP has both uh, plus uh, it has lots of associated charges like fund management charges uh, I mean fund switching cost and all that which adds up to a lot I mean over a period of time but Abhishek
0: uh, insurance company would come and say you know mutual fund is only a investment product but in the ulip you get insurance plus investment so some things like the lock-in period is you know is somewhat worth it because in mutual fund you're getting only investment here you're getting the insurance part also so so is it true that the insurance part of insurance plus investment is kind of enticing for a lot of people and and how does the insurance part in a ulip uh, altogether look look like
1: Here, let's take this example itself right you mentioned a an annual premium of 1 lakh so let's say uh, uh, for a uh, for a let's say annual premium of 1 lakh generally you get around 10 times of the annual premium as a life insurance cover which is let's say 10 lakh in this case right uh, so but if you break it down uh let's say into two parts which is the insurance component which anyway ulip is also charging it is not that ulip is not charging a mortality charge or the life insurance charge uh, from the premium uh, that they also charge so let's say that comes to usually around 3 4% which is uh, in this kind of premium comes to around 3 4 or 1000 right and the ba- balance uh, 96 or 1000 uh, after let's say paying for commission and other associated charges then gets invested so even ulip has uh, as you rightly said has both component but it, the whole point of buying ulip is also insurance cover so let's say if someone is having a annual income of 10 lakh if you follow the thumb rule of uh, insurance it's i mean generally uh, you need to buy at least 10 to 15 times your annual cover so for an annual uh let's say income of 10 lakh you need to have cover of one cr but if you go with one cr kind of cover in a ULIP, uh, with that logic, ten times the annual premium being the cover, you need to pay entire salary or annual income towards it, just for the insurance premium. Uh, so the life insurance that you get in a ULIP is not going to be sufficient in all probability. It'll, it's just going to be, uh, I mean, you're going to be skin deep, but you're not going to be, I mean, uh, I mean, fully into it, right? So. That is a problem in the ULIP cover that the insurance is most probably not sufficient because as the premium will be too high to even support that kind of annual income. So that is where the, they lost the plot. Uh, they this It is half-truth in that sense that insurance is there but it's not probably going to be enough because the premium are going to be quite high if you go with the whole, whole amount. Yes, uh, so uh, Abhishek, you mentioned that there
0: is although there is insurance part but the cover is not enough So for someone paying 1 lakh approximately in a ULIP plan the insurance cover would be approximately 10 lakhs which is ideally very low because advisors recommend people should at least have 10 to 15 times their annual income right? and for someone who can afford to pay 1 lakh as insurance premium he or she must be having at least 10 lakh as annual income and they would ideally need 1 crore or 1.5 crore worth of cover which obviously they are not getting in the ULIP plan. Uh, Abhishek also wanted to know uh, how this term plans look like. So term plans are just simple insurance product where you pay upfront premium, you don't get the money back, but you get a
1: life cover facility. So how much cover would they provide? So generally uh, term plan, uh, let's say premiums are depending because it's a long-term contract that you sign with an insurance company. So, these contracts uh, could extend from, let's say, even for a 40-year-old could be, uh, let's say, a 20-year contract because they want to buy the insurance till 60 years. For a 30-year-old could be a 30-year contract. So, as you rightly said, the premiums are decided up front and you have multiple modes to it. Uh, you can pay a single uh, premium, you can have annual premium, or you can even break it down further into, let's say, half-yearly or quarterly premium and so on and so forth. So, there are modes of payment or the, or the premium could differ. But the general sense is that you buy uh, insurance cover for a term, which is, let's say, a period of 20, 30, whatever that year year of insurance cover that you get, and that there is a pure risk cover. It doesn't have an investment component attached to it. What generally happens, because it's a pure risk cover, the amount of cover that you will get for, let's say, uh, a term plan could be even 100 times your annual premium. So let's say for a very young chap uh, of 25 odd years, If he or she is buying, uh, let's say, an insurance cover of one CR, they might get it for even 10,000, so which is, uh, let's say, many, many times, I mean, almost, uh, they are getting a thousand times their annual premium kind of cover, right? Uh, So, I mean, that, that becomes more affordable and provides a larger cover for this very low premium as compared to, let's say, a ULIP or other traditional insurance product. Got So obviously, I think this is the right time to plug
0: in this question, right? So what should investor do? And I'll give you two situations, right? For someone who is looking to start their financial journey, in the sense they want to have a insurance covered and at the same time, they want to have some kind of in- investment. How should he or she go about doing that? And the second category is assuming someone already invested in a ULIP plan So what is the exit strategy or should they, uh, you know, stay with the ULIP plan?
1: So two parts. So for the first part, right, uh, when someone is starting on their, uh, let's say, career path and uh, would like to have a cover as well as investment strategy done, I would always suggest to buy a term plan. Uh, for let's say uh, at least 10 times their and 10 to 15 times their annual income so that will give them a good head start and they will have it covered in terms of adequate insurance cover and then uh, have a strategy of investing at regular interval let's say on a monthly basis if they can already start doing that invest in a variety of assets uh, apart from let's say their mandatory uh, savings like EPF or let's say nPS if they are doing it through their employer so that gives them an option of continuing both uh, insurance and investment, although it would require a bit more, uh, let's say, involvement because they would be managing uh, things on their own, but it will lead to a lot of cost saving and those small costs would matter a lot in terms of overall uh, returns that they make over their lifetime. So my advice will be to break insurance and investment and not pull in together as a start. Now coming to people who, let's say, for some reason already bought into these plants by mistake or let's say they... They did it uh, with good intent, but now they are, they have other reasons to move out of it. Uh, the exit strategy is going to be a bit difficult because there are a lot of, as I mentioned, there are a lot of uh, charges if you uh, let's say surrender this policy before uh, five years. But after five years, uh, you can either make it a paid-up policy where let's say you say that uh, you're not going to pay uh, any further premium, but you're not going to withdraw the amount as well, and you'd let the policy stay invested for uh, till the maturity and after maturity you will get the proceeds uh, adjusted for whatever the premium you have paid Uh, so that could be an opportunity or let's say if it is totally unaffordable and you're in dire need of money then even at loss uh, with some sunk cost uh, you can surrender the policy and just stop paying the premium but before before you do that uh, do buy a term plan so that you have adequate cover because once you stop paying the premium after the grace period, your uh, life insurance coverage will stop. It's not just the loss of uh, investment amount, you'll also lose the insurance amount. So, do cover your back before you, uh, let's just stop paying the premium for a ULEP. Yes. And if that is uh,
0: before five years, then you still have to wait five years and then only yes, the, you will get
1: the. Yeah,
0: that is okay.
1: Yes. So, but I'm saying that it's, uh, it becomes unaffordable to pay. Yeah. Paying the premium. Uh, okay. Then, I mean, before stopping that, buy first buy your adequate cover and then take the call of stopping the premium and uh, not getting anything out of that policy. You're letting go of that money as a sum cost. You're not getting anything out of that if you already aligned with that thought process. So for the first category of people who are looking to start their
0: investment and secure their uh, life by having an insurance, ideally they should divide the two and keep them separate so buy a term insurance for a very low cost and then you can decide on the investment yourself because of low Mm -hmm. cost and more flexibility in this structure and and yeah and for the second part is if someone already invested and is not able to afford the premium then you can stop paying but stop paying the premium but make sure that you have a term plan uh, on the side because the ulip uh, uh, insurance part will lapse right
1: right indeed indeed as we uh, spoke sometime back also right uh i mean in case of ulips uh, you need to continue paying the premium else like uh, that insurance cover w- won't be available Got it. so Abhi,
0: abhishek one last question and this is the i think one of the most important question many people have been wondering so i i got a message right from somebody uh, so he is a young chap 24 25 year old just started you know working and he has a bank relationship manager manage, manager who they have been dealing for a very long time so one day this relationship man, manager calls him up and tells him hey there's a new nfo coming out so since he trusted the relationship man, manager he said, you know, I'm willing to invest 75,000 yearly for five five years and please make the in- investment on behalf of him. Obviously, right. by the use of this word NFO and terms like FlexiCap Fund, he got the impression that this was an investment product and not an insurance product and wasn't aware about the various lock-in period, charges and all all the other caveats. So so mm. Abhijay, my question to you is terms which are generally associated with mutual fund, why are they being used by insurance and since it is creating a lot of confusion, what should regulators ideally do? So, so be IRDA, what should they do to to you know to make it more clear to investor what an insurance plan and a mutual fund plan? Yeah,
1: so as you rightly said, the uh, this ULIPA regulated by the regulator IRT Insurance Regulatory Development Authority, uh, whereas Mutual Fund are regulated by SEBI. Uh, because, uh, then let's say, to sell the product, uh, I mean, ULIPs are also being sold in the name of New Fund Offer or NFO. It creates a lot of confusion in the minds of people, right? Uh, but until less, there is, uh, let's say, someone trademark that, let's say, I don't know whether that, that process exists for regulators or not, But let's say if NFO is a trademark, uh, uh, let's say, for SEBI and it's related to the kind of product it regulates, then probably if someone is infringing on that, uh, let's say, trademark, people can raise, uh, let's say, uh, issue with the uh, higher up authorities. But I guess uh, until that matter is settled, uh, I mean, it would not uh, come in clear in a very short period of time. Second is the mechanism which works for hybrid product, like which has insurance as well as investment. Uh, this, I mean, if such kind of confusion between regulator exists, then it has to be brought into, uh, in front of a committee, uh, which is set up by a finance ministry. So, until that kind of uh, action is taken upon by SEBI, uh, I think this will, this ministry will continue for a while. There will be a lot of confusion in the market. So, it could be a two-pronged pr- uh, strategy, either to trademark all that, or the second is to raise this in the committee, which is specifically formed by finance ministry for addressing this concern when it started off in year 2009. Onwards. This is a very interesting thing.
0: People usually associate, you know, FlexiCap Fund and NFO and NAV with mutual fund industry, but these are not trademark names. So anyone is free to use it. So that was one important, uh, interesting thing that I even got to know today. Right.
1: I mean, this is my understanding. Uh, because in, uh, I mean, just like let's say there is uh, I mean uh, there is a kind of body of work that uh, let's say you and I use right. Unless I trademark it, anyone can infringe upon it, and I can't do much. Unless it is registered in a uh, let's say a competent authority, then we can say uh, that you are infringing upon upon right. But this is between regulators, such and I think uh, uh, I mean it won't get settled very soon this way. It, I mean, one form or other, it will continue to carry on i think more uh the, the better part of it will be to uh let's say uh, enlighten the readers or the uh, listeners of this podcast so that they understand and then they let other people also be made aware of same uh so until i mean that's another part of it which and let's say mint also can help a lot by creating awareness like the one that you're doing right now yes and we do that with the help of people like you guys
0: and with that, Abhishek thank you so much and I hope people got a lot of takeaway from this podcast and see you again in an- another episode. Bye-bye. Yeah. Looking
1: forward to that, session, And wish you and your listeners a happy Diwali in advance. Looking forward to this and many more. Thank you, so. Much. That brings us
0: to the end of today's episode. If you would like to know more about this topic, then you can reach out to me on Twitter. I go by the username at the red Shashin nj or LinkedIn using my full name, that is Sashin Ningthau We would be happy to take your suggestions. That's all from our side. Thanks for tuning in. See you in the next episode. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms.